0: Welcome back to Becky Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And week two of the college football season is just around the corner, Joe. And we've got some fantastic games. We've got uh, Texas at Alabama. Uh, that might be the marquee matchup. But even some of those secondary games, uh, yep. you know, Texas Tech-Oregon is another one that I find really intriguing. Notre Dame-NC State. Finally, the Irish get yeah. some real competition. Anything stand out as far as week? two goes that you will be most excited for
1: and that's a curious number on notre dame just putting that hook on there at seven and a half against nc state it's a could be real where the irish start out 4-0 because they've got a cupcake next week uh going into the ohio state game so i i love that the way it's set up it feels like we're gonna have we're gonna have one at least one monster matchup per week and we've got one coming up this weekend
0: too And thank goodness for that. Joining us now to talk about week two of the college football season is Stucky of the Action Network. Follow him on X at Stucky2. Stucky, thank you so much for joining us. So uh, we're talking a little bit about some teams that maybe underperformed in week one, maybe perhaps uh, losing outright, like we heard uh, Baylor losing to Texas State uh, as we came back from break. Is there a team from week one who may have lost outright who you want to tail for week two?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's it's uh, thanks for having me, guys. But it's sort of like, you know, college football has a lot of parallels with the NFL. We'll see that next week after, you know, a couple teams have disappointing opening weeks. It's just one data point. The market at times might overreact. I, You mentioned Baylor, the Big 12 across the board had a pretty disappointing week. You mentioned Baylor. There's a lot that that game's tough for me. The handicap of all the quarterback uncertainty on both sides. And if you go back to that game, Baylor had a lot of question marks coming into the season. You you lose their star nose tackle, they really missed. They were really young secondary. And then the offensive line, which lost a lot of starts, was manhandled by Texas State, which is pretty ominous before you go up against Utah. So I'm really concerned about the Bears on both sides of the ball. I'm more interested in Texas Tech, which I played at plus seven, I think plus seven, minus 115 is out there you know weird things happen up in Laramie I mean it was their first their first loss to a group of five teams since 2009 when Mike Leach RIP to the goat was the head coach they bounced back after that I expect them to bounce back this is a team that rightfully so was a big 12 dark horse and I think you're getting some value in them at home where they've been really great against the spread over the past 30 years the top five most profitable home teams think they have an undervalued home field advantage down there and you know Oregon might getting just a little bit too much love yeah they put up 81 but it was against Portland State and Portland State is dreadful I mean this is a team that gave up I think 60 to Idaho last year so I'm not putting too much weight into that result Texas Tech might have gotten caught peeking ahead a little bit to this week you know and uh, lost in double overtime up there in Wyoming I think there's some value on the Red Raiders here
1: uh, Stucky, I hope you're going to be able to stomach a lot of, uh, Colorado stories over at the action network because it, everybody's talking about it. I mean, I was one of those people that was laughing at all the, the title futures at 300 to one. And then that happened in week one. It's amazing what books are saying. We have an 11 point adjustment from week one to week two. I see sportsbooks saying that this is going to be the biggest Uh, regular season game they've ever had as far as handle uh, for Colorado and Nebraska in week two. Are, are you at at saying, okay, this is a spot. (laughs) This is way too much of an overreaction. This is when you fade Colorado or you're going to wait.
2: That feels like the nineties, right? Biggest handles on a uh, Nebraska, Colorado game. Yeah. I think some, some books have more, Action on this game already. And think, I mean, most, a lot of people bet, you know, the college football slate day of, but there's already more action, I think, on this game than every single NFL game on the board, which have been up for months, which is just crazy. So this is probably a pass for me. I mean, there's people are going to, you know, you're going to have some crowd that's like, oh, I'm fading the public. Everyone's on Colorado. There are times where everyone, you know, your Joe Schmoes, your general public, can be ahead of odds makers and professional betters in small sample sizes in situations like this, right? Professional betters, oddsmakers, you don't want to make because the, the tricky part of you know early in the season in college football is that's when you want to make your biggest adjustments, but you also don't want to overreact to small sample sizes. That's where the art comes in more so than the science of handicapping any sport really, but especially college football early in the season. Everyone is in love with Dion, you know, and this Colorado roster. But how much can you really adjust them? We, you know, and this is pretty new, right? We, we, you know, we haven't had many seasons where it's just, hey, let's blow up the whole team, bring in all transfers, a whole new staff. You know, this is the new day and age of college football. So how much better are they? I'm still in wait and see mode. I was down on TCU coming into the season. And so, you know, it was a – I bumped them significantly. I bumped them to where I make them, I think, a one-point favorite here. Maybe I'm still too low. Uh, I, I thought anyone who just, like, knew what Colorado was going to look like was crazy. And, you know, it was, it was a really a guessing game. I did doubt their offensive line, which held up well. A lot of that is credit to Shador Sanders. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still wait-and-see mode. I'm not going to act like I know exactly where this team should be priced – They're a tough handicap right now. Definitely fun to watch, but I'll probably be on the sidelines for that one.
1: The AP Top 25 Poll Rankings out yesterday. Um, We did see Colorado and Duke uh, join the rankings after their big upset wins. Maybe some overreaction there. Was there also maybe some teams that you thought were ranked too low?
2: Uh, rank, I mean, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really pay attention to the rankings. Um, but I was happy to see Duke get in there. Um, I think that was more of an indictment on Clemson and their lack of execution. They're just, they're really falling behind the eight ball with how Davo is running that team. Uh, I'm really curious to see, you know, does he turn into another Tuberville or does he adjust? Right. That's a lot of parallels with sports betting. You, you can be very successful in betting sports and you can lose your edge quickly if you don't adjust, right? And Dabo Sweeney's obviously had a ton of success as a head coach, multiple national championships, but this is, we just talked about it with Colorado. This is a completely new age of college football. And if you're not taking advantage of the transfer portal, you're going to f- fall behind the, the eight ball quick. We saw the transfers flash for Florida state. And then you see Clemson in prime time shortly thereafter And there just wasn't, you know, they really could have used one of those flashy receivers that Florida State was able to get in the spring from Michigan State. They just didn't have anyone to get separation. So, yeah, really curious to see where the market goes with Clemson, especially in in that game against Florida State. Uh, But uh, it was nice to see Duke get into the top 25, just football, not basketball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We have to differentiate, don't we?
0: One program is yes. all fun and their darlings. The other one, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, biggest game of the weekend, Texas, Alabama, uh, Alabama, roughly a touchdown favorite here. On the one hand, you love the wide receivers for Texas and Quinn Ewers could have all the potential in the world. Yet they are on the road and they are facing Nick Saban and they do have a quarterback. Alabama does uh, not a lot of game film on him yet. What he did in the season opener was super duper impressive. Do you have a play on this game?
2: Yeah, I took Texas plus seven and a half, and a lot of thoughts on this game. Mainly, you know, the, the reasoning for taking that bet is I power rated these teams pretty almost even coming into the season. Texas has a top five roster uh, across the board, and from top to bottom, Alabama had a you know a lot of question marks on this team compared to most Alabama, starting with the quarterback position that you mentioned and you also have to there's some concerns about the secondary lost the number of guys in the nfl two starters got hurt last week their status will be worth watching this week you know and saban for what it's worth two and five against the spread is a favorite of under a touchdown i think more amazingly it's only happened twice since 2011 and this is the first time that it's ever happened against a non-conference opponent texas can and look alabama's I, was, I bet Alabama last week. I was super low in Middle Tennessee. I didn't really take much from that game, just the talent discrepancy so big. But Middle Tennessee State was actually moving the ball a little bit and then just kept getting penalties, missed field goals, still you know, fumble, turnover, personal foul. Like they really shot themselves in the foot, and then the game just got out of hand. So I, I wasn't as impressed with Alabama as the final score might indicate. The more concerning thing for me, which gives me a little pause, I played Texas just because I show value in the number think these teams from a talent level are right on par with each other, but it's, it's yours. When I was contemplating the ceiling of this Texas team from a national title cultural playoff perspective this season, my concern was Quinn Ewers and his downfield passing. His footwork just wasn't there last year. It, his mechanics, and he just, I, that's something you had to work on in the offseason. You see last week, he goes, last year it was 38% on balls that traveled 15 plus yards downfield. Last week against Rice, Oh, of seven, you know, not all of them were on him and it's a small sample size, but his footwork looked a little wonky again. He missed worthy on two open passes that should have been two more touchdowns. So like TCU did last year, they're going to say viewers beat us deep. This Alabama staff isn't dumb. And that's what TCU did to Texas. Texas couldn't do anything because yours couldn't complete the ball down the field. That's what Alabama's going to do. If yours can hit a couple deep early, that's going to open up everything else. And he'll be able to take advantage of, and Alabama secondary that has some question marks and potential injuries. So I like the value at – I would like it at seven, definitely if you can get a seven and a half, and I'm going to be watching you so closely and his deep ball accuracy, especially early on. I think that's the key to the game.
1: Is it too early to say later this month, week four, if Florida State wins at Clemson, they're going to be in the playoff most likely?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty – yeah, I think that would be a pretty safe assumption. If they beat Clemson, then you can, pretty, you can say with certainty, but the way that the ACC format works this year, they're going to be in the ACC title game, you know, even if you take a loss and then they win the ACC championship game with a win over LSU to start the year, uh, they're going to be in the driver's seat for sure.
1: What other bets for this week that we haven't touched on that you really like where there might be some value still on the board?
2: Uh, I'll throw out an ugly, ugly dog in in Rice, plus 10. Uh, Now that that number's up to 10 against Houston, that game's at home, although both teams are from the city of Houston. These teams actually played last year at University of Houston, and Rice led with like three or four minutes to go. Houston ended up returning a, a fumble for a touchdown to win the game. In the game, the teams were separated by one yard and five seconds of time of possession. Really even game. I think it's a tough, tricky spot for Houston, right? you survive UTSA. You have your Big 12 debut you know, against TCU, the national runner-up last year. So a potential sleepy spot for Holgerson, whose teams just – it happens so much as a favorite. They come out, and they're just sleepy early. They fall behind, and they have to rally. So this is – and this screams that happening. Rice was overmatched last week, but, again, they played a really good Texas team – I think Daniels should look better in his second week of his fourth team, and he'll face you know, a defense that lost its top five tacklers, a couple deep back to the NFL, and their top two pass rushers. On the other side, Houston last week, yeah, they beat UTSA as an underdog, but I downgraded them. They had a post-game win expectancy of 18%. They benefited from, you know, special team miscues, three turnovers from UTSA, a number of costly penalties – I think they were outgained by 100 yards, one and a half yards per play. And they, they were outplayed by UTSA and just got really fortunate. Now this number's, you know, up, creeped up to 10. I think there's some value with Rice here. I think it's improved and Daniel should give them an upgrade, a quarterback when it's all said and done.
0: Got about 90 seconds left here. We mentioned Florida State demolishing LSU. What if the Bayou Bengals are overrated? And if that's the case, does that open up the door for maybe a Texas A&M or an Ole Miss, especially with Jackson Dart, who looked really impressive in game one? Does that open the door for maybe another team to finish second in the West or maybe contend with Alabama for winning the West?
2: Yeah, I took a flyer personally before the season started on Ole Miss – 25 to one to win the division. I did think this LSU team, look, this LSU team got so much hype coming into the season for what they did last year in the first year of Brian Kelly. But if you look, I mean, they were a couple plays away from having a a couple more losses. And, you know, they play Arkansas. And again, they survived. But remember, K.J. Jefferson didn't play in that game. Uh, They beat Alabama, the headline win. What if they don't complete that two-point convert? Like, there was a lot of games that just broke their way. And there was major questions in the secondary, not completely sold on Daniels yet as a downfield passer. So I thought that LSU was significantly overrated coming into the season. We'll see how they can rebound. Look, it's early in the season. It's still a really talented team. The secondary is a major, major question mark. And Ole Miss is that team with so much talent – and you never any week look if georgia's going to suffer a loss and get caught sleeping it could be even at home against ole miss this year so i think ole miss is a team to watch
0: stucky of the action network and on x at stucky Two. thank you so much for your time we appreciate it this is betql daily presented by betmgm coming up next all of our survivor strategies for week one and the entire nfl season that's right here on the betql network